Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. What is up, Believers, and what is up, Bear Down Nation? I am Cameron Lee. And I am Joy Christopoulos, and today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NFL season is in full swing, and look, you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be on all the action at BetOnline.ag. The Bears are five-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Rams on Monday Night Football. What are you going to do about it, Bears fans? So go ahead and check out all their game spreads and totals, team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. As there is always that online casino as well, it never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cameron, Week 7, Bears-Rams, Monday Night Football. So let's kick it off this week by talking to a guy on the other side of the field, Ryan Dyrud from the LA Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network with the co-host Frosty Rucker. Ryan, just get it started for us. Rams... Lost to the 49ers last week. Didn't go exactly the way you thought. Didn't go to script. What did you see from that game? And what were the areas that you were surprised that the 49ers were able to give the Rams problems? Yeah. Well, first of all, I was hoping we could have got the timing right to have Frosty on here too. So we could have a little offense alignment, defense alignment conversation. Cause I'm an offensive guy. I, my, my football prowess didn't go past high school. I wasn't that good, but I played receiver. So I'm always an offensive guy. Frosty's like, always defense. We have fun riffs getting into that. So it'd have been fun to see that, but, but yeah, speaking of the game, uh, it was just an all around, just, you know, poor performance by the Rams. Uh, they got out coached. They got outworked. Um, the offense could never get in rhythm. Cooper cup, who is one of the most sure handed and trustworthy receivers in the game, uh, had like three big drops. Two of them could have been touchdowns, uh, game changing uh, moments there. The defense came out in the first half and was just very susceptible to anything. They couldn't stop the run. You know, the zone run scheme that Kyle Shanahan runs was running on all cylinders and they were able to basically do it at will. They were getting the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands and what felt like less than a second. Um, so he was able to stay upright and the Aaron Donald was neutralized and not really a factor. Uh, the defense did play better in the second half, only giving up three points, but the offense just really still couldn't get going. Um, I, ha- I said this on our show earlier and I'll say it again for anyone listening that I don't know if any Rams fans are listening to your show, but just anyone, maybe bears fans listening that if there's anything to take of the game is the fact that with how bad, the Rams played, they still only lost by eight points uh, to the defending NFC West and NFC champion team. I know they have injuries, but they're still a professional football team and uh, have a lot of uh, good things going for them in other facets. So the fact they played that bad, lost by eight, uh, there's, I think that's something good to take of it. I'm a glass half full guy, so I got to find positives. Um, But now we're moving on to the Bears and I'm excited for the trilogy as we were talking earlier. Tell me a little bit about this Rams offense. Now, obviously, We've seen some different iterations of this offense in the Sean McVay regime. Uh, we've seen this team make it all the way to a Super Bowl. Recent, uh, more recently, they don't seem to have quite the same firepower. Uh, you know, just a few games into the season, what is sort of the consensus so far of this uh, this Rams offense, and what sort of what can we expect to see in this game on Monday night? Yeah. So, you know, Sean McVay, very similar to Kyle Shanahan, just play runs kind of a zone heavy uh, run. I don't know. He's not maybe as much run first as Kel Shanahan, but it's a balanced attack, right? You got to have a heavy dosage of the run game, which is going to open up uh, the passing game, 
obviously they run a lot of play action. It's kind of, you know, spoke about at nauseum almost, but it's, it's part of what he does as an offensive mind and what he's able to do to get, you know, Jared Goff comfortable back there and give him more time. And it also takes pressure off an offensive line that may not have the talent and some of the big name guys that their offensive lines has, but you play that, that zone and run the play action, it takes the pressure off them. So, uh, you know, to answer your question, as far as this season go, they've had some games where they've looked like the 2018 form, which was one of the top uh, scoring offenses in the league. Uh, now, is that due to them playing all four NFC East teams or is that due <laughs> to them actually being back to doing what they do well? And I would argue a little bit more of the latter. I think they are getting back to what they do well. And that is that they need to, you know, tote the rock at least 30 times a game, which in all four of those wins they've done. Now in their two losses, they've gotten away from that, run the ball a little less, try to get Goff uh, throwing the ball, you know, more times than I think they need to and they get comfortable with. And, and uh, it, it's cost them, obviously. So uh, I think when we play the Bears this coming weekend, the hope is that they will continue with the game plan, which is to run the ball, which we saw in the first edition in 2018 when the Bears kind of made the script for how to beat the Rams. It was because all of a sudden Goff drops back 50-plus times. I think Todd Gurley had like 14 yards running, um, and that's not how the Rams are going to win. They, they need to have a balanced attack. So expect to see all three running backs getting involved. I want to see 30-plus runs out of this game, and that's going to open things up for Goff in the play action. So. Um, just a, a short brief kind of that's what the offense has been doing and what they should do on uh, whenever this matchup is this weekend. Let's take it a step further. And I'm sure Bears fans and fantasy teams especially are dying to know, in your opinion, this three-headed monster in the backfield right now for the Rams, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown. I know fantasy teams can't really figure out who to start which week. Who do you mm -hmm. like the most in that backfield? And who do you think could hurt the Bears the most in week seven? Well, I'll be honest with you. The, the one I like the most, and this is not, I'm not saying for this Sunday, but I, I, I love Cam Akers. I thought when they drafted him out of Florida state, he was a, a tremendous pick kind of to fill the void of Todd Gurley. Cause he can do it all. Um, catch the ball in the backfield. Obviously had a great freshman season at Florida state um, when he had put up uh, record numbers, I believe at the school. So, so he's a guy long-term that I love, but you know, as of late, it's been Daryl Henderson's been the guy, you know, last week, Cam Akers only had one snap and he was healthy in that game. And, and you know, Sean McVay was asked about it. And he just said, Oh, you know, we just wasn't really in the game plan for him to get in there right now. Kind of gave the coaches answer for, he just wasn't playing well enough to play, I guess. Uh, but Daryl Henderson's been looking great. I, I've never dogged on Henderson, but to me, he was more of a, a specialist running back. We saw what he did at Memphis averaging, you know, nine yards a clip. Uh, he's your, your, almost boomer bust guy is going to break one open but he what to me he's not a bell cow back i don't think he that's what that's not why they drafted him in the third round they drafted him to be a complimentary back but the last few weeks he's kind of been that bell cow guy and he's rose into the task and done well so in this week's matchup specifically i do expect it to be at least the most dosage of daryl henderson i could see 15 plus carries out of hand but you're still going to be pretty balanced malcolm brown's probably gonna get 10 and then maybe we should see cam Akers sprinkled in there as they'll try to ease him back into you know getting more touches but um i, I would expect henderson to be the, the main guy yeah you mentioned obviously the the three-headed running back uh package there in la and let me tell you as a cam Akers. Uh, owner in, <laughs> in fantasy so far that is that has not been a real payoff so uh, i'm hoping you might be able to throw some goodwill his way and maybe get him on the field a little bit for my fantasy roster. Uh, I wanted to ask a little bit more about the passing attack and about Jared Goff more specifically. Mm -hmm. Jared Goff is a, is a polarizing quarterback in a lot of people's eyes. Uh, he's been someone that again, you know, kind of coming in early in his career was supposed to be the man uh, as a Rams fan, as a, as an LA person. I mean, kind of give me a, a feel for it. Cause like as bears fans, we get, 
quarterback issues. Like we get not <laughs> you're in a what safe space. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yes. if you need to vent or, or just tell me like kind of what's, what's the feel on Jared Goff and uh, I mean, his performance thus far and kind of just what, what are the expectations for him yeah. on Monday night? Yeah, yeah, no, great question. And, and one that is probably mixed reviews among Rams fans. And luckily I'll be honest with you. I can sit here and say, I'm not, truly a Rams fan. I've become one after covering the team, but it allows me to be much more objective and subjective when looking at him as a player. And I, I would never say I've, I've been a Jared Goff apologist, but I think he gets way much more criticism than necessarily deserved. I mean, going into last week, he was the fifth rated QB by pro football focus for what he's been able to do. He's extremely accurate. Um, what we know about him is what we know about him. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, take the game over, put it on his back, and, you know, take over and dominate. That's just not his style of play. He's in, he's going to be a system-friendly quarterback, but he has all the tools that you need in an NFL quarterback. Great arm strength. Uh, he's more mobile than people give him credit for. Surprisingly, here's a fun stat for you guys. I like throwing out random stats. Last season, he was the quarterback that had the third best completion percentage, third most attempts outside of the pocket behind only Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. So you wouldn't think Jared Goff as being a mobile out of the pocket quarterback, but that's what Sean McVay's offense does. It gives him more space. It gives him more time. And then he can show some of his athleticism off. So, so I'm high on Goff. He gets probably a lot of criticism too, just because of the contract he got. But now three years later, he's actually like ranked seventh in the league behind all these guys that have now come out. That's just the way that the market works. Right. Um, so I, I think he's a guy that uh, is very capable. It's just, they need a game plan correctly. They need to have the rushing game going. And if it's not, then unfortunately they do run into some problems and some would say, well, then why, how is he going to be your guy? It's like, well, let's be real. There's probably only five quarterbacks that are really those guys that can take over a game completely and win it on their backs. And if you don't have one of those five, you got to find other ways to win and not expect your quarterback to have to do that. So, so I think Goff's very capable. I like the guy. He's a good leader. The team likes him, him and Sean McVay have a really good uh, uh, relationship. Um, so to kind of answer your question for what to expect here, it's kind of what I said earlier, just, you know, 30 times running the ball a game. And if Goff can pass between that 20 to 30 sweet spots, so that gives you 60 plays as an offense, things will be looking good for this Rams team. I'm going to ring the sports cliche bell real quick and just say, you know, every year is different. That being said, as a Bears fan, we're looking at this matchup right now. And Jared Goff in two games, you mentioned this is the trilogy in the series. Jared Goff in two games, he only had 18 pass attempts last year. It worked out for them, as you mentioned, running running the rock. But he's 31-62 in the last two games with zero touchdowns and five interceptions. So on paper, this doesn't look like a great matchup for Goff. You've mentioned that they need to run the ball and they need to establish that. At the same time, if there's one person in the passing game, you mentioned Cooper Cup. You know, is this a bounce back game for him? Who would be an X factor in that passing game that could really help out Jared Goff in week seven? Yeah, that's a great question, too. I don't know if I'd call Cooper Cup an X factor just because he's such an integral part of the offense. He just had a, he just had an off game last week with which really, uh, you know, drops. He just never has. So he'll be involved. I expect him to have a bounce back game, maybe not X factor, but he'll have a bounce back in a big game. For me, it's going to be one of the tight ends, whether that's Tyler Higby or Gerald Everett, uh, the Bears. Obviously have a great front seven in general, but especially against the Rams, they like to get after Goff, like to get after the quarterback. And so I, I expect McVay to run a, a little more 12 personnel, which he finally went to last year. I was pounding the table all last year when, when the 11 personnel was struggling. I'm like, Goff needs more time. Just get another tight end out there. Let's help him out. And they, they you know, he must've been listening to the show because they started doing that. And this year we've seen more 12 personnel also. So Gerald Everett's has a couple big games, uh, had a big one against Washington a few weeks ago. 
Um, so he's a guy that can leak out of the backfield. They've, they've run some fun sets with him even in the backfield with the running back. Um, so I, he's kind of a guy that I've loved when they drafted super athletic, not your traditional tight end uh, plays more like a big receiver, but he plays in that tight end spot. And he's a guy that can go up and get the football. Tyler Higby, the guy that they paid and, and last year finished the season. If you're talking fantasy, Cameron finished the season as like a top two tight end in the NFL, which is his last month was it. insane. His last laying it was incredible every yeah, like week. 400 it, yards, yeah. It's like the leading yeah. receiver in the league or something. Over it the was, yeah. It was unbelievable. Everyone was like, why are they paying Higby? And all of a sudden he goes out and, and shows out. And so far this year, aside from a three touchdown performance in week two at Philadelphia, he's really been non-existent in the game plan. So this could be the week where we finally see, cause it's not like Higby's playing bad. He just hasn't been involved. So maybe this is the week we finally see him uh, get more involved uh, whether it's, you know, Eddie Jackson or, or whoever, if you're going to have safeties cover them, or if you're going to have linebackers, whatever you're going to do. But I, to answer your question, I think we'll see one of these tight ends as one of the X factors. Now you mentioned, uh, you mentioned a little bit about the bears and the front seven, their ability to get after the quarterback, their ability to get after uh, Jared Goff and obviously create wreak havoc, if you will. That's kind of something that us bears fans have kind of become accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look at your offensive line, it's a pretty fine offensive line, I guess is the, is the way to put it. Uh, That's fair. There's definitely, you know, Andrew Whitworth is, was an excellent left tackle for a very long time, a little past his prime. There's just a lot of names in this, on this group that, you know, but you don't really have a strong opinion about one way or the other. Is there a spot on that offensive line that you think that the bears will be able to take advantage of, or is somewhat more susceptible and someone that uh, obviously that we can get home against and, you know, continue that, that trend of wreaking havoc on opposing quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, I think the interior has actually played surprisingly pretty well. Uh, that was a big concern this offseason that the Rams didn't address the offensive line who ranked, I think, 29th through 30th overall last season. And they didn't do, do anything in free agency and they didn't draft a lineman until uh, Tremaine Antrim in the seventh round out of Clemson. So they really did nothing to address it. They basically said, we trust our guys. They just need more time and we'll let them develop because a lot of young players and they played substantially better. Uh, surprisingly, again, neither just I'm sometimes I'm a stack guy, but Andrew Whitworth is ranked number one out of all left tackles. Uh, that was going into last week, so maybe he, but he didn't give up any sacks last week, so I would assume he's still kind of in that realm. Uh, but to answer your question, it's Rob Havenstein, the right tackle. Um, played much better this year than he did last year, but you know, most likely he'll be the one going up against Cleo Mack. Um, if not, they'll they'll shift guys around, and so uh, you know, are they going to help him out double team, or is he going to be you know left on an island one on one? Because I don't worry about Andrew Whitworth, but the way he's playing so now i drank the the water from the fountain of youth and they gave him a three-year contract when he's 57 years old uh but he's playing and showing up. but rob havenstein 38 only 38 it's called yeah. a ret- it's a retirement plan it's uh it's setting him up for for his yeah. pension later on right talk about a great 401k there but but yeah it's got to be rob havenstein because you know cleo mack you know I, I don't even know if you can call him having a down year four and a half sacks i think ninth in the league total but um he's just can take over any game when he gets going so that's what they're going to really have to neutralize and it's going to probably fall on Havenstein over on the right side. Cameron, you mentioned the names on the Bears defense that we know and love. Let's flip it to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about this Rams defense that has some big, bright, shiny names. I mean, Aaron Donald, seven and a half sacks already. Jalen Ramsey in the back half. Help Bears fans, you know, help color in the lines a little bit for us, Ryan, about how this Rams defense has been playing and more specifically how they've been playing the last couple of weeks because now we're starting to get that large sample size where it's really about whose defense has momentum right now during the NFL season. Yeah, well, I think the defense has been maybe surprising is not the right word, but but playing 
much better than expected. I think going into the year we have, and, and bears fans may watch this game and, and see a lot of similarities because, you know, first time defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley was the bears linebacking coach back when Vic Fangio was there. So they run a very similar system. Obviously he's thrown in his, his own wrinkles now that he's the man, but it, it's a Vic Fangio style system there. Um, but they've played well. And I think why they're able to do that is the way the system works is just, you know, having players that are versatile, um, but can play a number of different positions and, uh, and do things to the best of their ability and not necessarily putting, you know, square pegs into round holes or saying, Hey, do your job. And then we'll move you around to the best of your athleticism. Um, their biggest glare right now is inside linebacker. They've had injuries. Traven Howard, you know, suffered a, a torn meniscus in training camp. So he's obviously was slayed to start. So they have Kenny young starting who played like 40 snaps total for Baltimore last year. Now he's a starter. Uh, and then they've had other injuries across that as well. So that's kind of their weak spot. But the front four obviously has been really, really solid. Aaron Donald, we could talk about him all day, but in my opinion, the best defender in the game. Um, but the real bright spot of this team right now has got to be the secondary. You talk about Jalen Ramsey, who they just signed a massive contract to. Darius Williams, a guy at a UAB that not a lot of people know about, has played tremendous so far this year, actually rated higher than Jalen Ramsey so far, um, surprisingly. Troy Hills played very well, who's taken over for you know Marcus Peters, who, who they traded last year. Um, but then the safety unit, who you know, slated going to this year, you have John Johnson, who's, you know, you could probably say a top 10 safety in the league. And then Taylor Rapp, who they drafted last year, who ended up becoming a starter and played very well. Well, they drafted a guy in the sixth round by the name of Jordan Fuller at Ohio State, who supplanted Rapp to become the starter and has been probably one of the most exciting players on this defense and one that fans have just fallen in love with. Bears fans may be happy to hear he's actually going to be hurt for this game. So he will not be playing. So Rapp is back starting, um, but they have, they have good depth. So, you know, long story short, I think this defense is just playing a lot better than people expected. Credit a lot to Brandon Staley, credit a lot to these guys that are coming out to work. Um, but for them, it's just more about getting consistent play because we've seen some weeks where they're dominant against Washington two weeks ago. They gave up 108 total yards to a professional football team. And then uh, last week, obviously, it didn't fare as well against San Francisco. So uh, we'll see what they do against, uh, uh, I won't say the nickname, but uh, Nick Foles and uh, your bears. So BDN baby BDN my follow, my follow up. Uh, Cause me- I like, I like nine inch Nick. I don't know if I can say that. On yours, but, uh, <laughs> that's my, that's the one I like. Saint, Saint Nick himself. Cause yeah. yeah, I mean, me and me and Cameron, we've been trying to figure out all week. Maybe you can help us out. What's Aaron Donald's favorite food and how many sleeping pills do you think it'll take to put into the food so he can just like miss the game? What'd they give the tiger in the hangover? Was it three? pills in the in the yeah, steak three in the meat does that sound right yeah so maybe do like four for aaron donald is what you need get one of those mike dickas pork chops and get like four sleeping pills in there just lure them with an all-you-can-eat buffet of some kind some sort of steak some sort of i mean there's got to be something that we can do yeah. it's it's Lumin- just, luminati's i don't know get some get some pie over there well it's scary and cameron you can speak to this you know our offensive line right now everyone talks about the quarterback position everyone talks about the lack of explosive plays and the points but we've been really hammering on this show just an offensive line that hasn't really found its stride yet i think i'm putting that gently and you know cameron you can illustrate going up against aaron donald i mean this is a mismatch a mismatch is probably a bit of an understatement. Having been um, having been an offensive lineman, even for just the briefest of periods, you know, you always know who's the guy on the other team um, because that guy requires so much attention. And it's not just like, hey, and it, it's not just the week leading up to it and your preparation and your mental prep and like, hey, how do we block this guy? But like literally your blocks 
uh, on the field, when you're having to go out there and put, you know, double team this guy on every single play for whatever reason, it's just a whole other level of focus and intensity that just, it's going to throw off this entire offensive line that's already trying to find their bearings. And they've obviously dealt with the injury to James Daniels and trying to figure out who's going to be his replacement. I'm seriously concerned about their ability uh, to, to, to keep this man out of the backfield. So I think he's going to take a, a, a whole big toll on the bears resources at the offensive line position. I want to ask, um, is this, uh, we know that this defense is, this defensive front is good. We know that Aaron Donald is insane. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the few people that we can even have a conversation with Khalil Mack in. Um, but, you know, we talk about the inside linebackers being a little bit of a, of a weakness. Is this a team that, is there any chance that the Bears can find their rushing attack this week against this front and against this defense? Or is, do we just throw that away? Do we just say, hey, hasn't happened in the last two weeks, probably not going to happen this week e- either? Oh, no, I mean, just turn on the 49ers tape and, and you could certainly get the, the running game going because the Niners were able to do it by, and the way they did it was obviously attacking Donald with two to three guys and then, you know, spreading out the defensive line with these zone concepts that that neutralize Donald because they're spreading it out so far. They're not just running straight in Donald's face where he can take three guys and, and still tackle you. So there's, there's certainly a way, and, you know, Matt Nagy, I'm sure is smart enough to figure it out. It's just a, it, for the Rams. It's a matter of who's going to step up besides Aaron Donald because that's what killed him last week. When you're double, when you're double, triple teaming Donald, that means you're you're leaving guys on a single block. Some guys not even getting blocked. Who's going to step up? And we didn't see that last week, and so that's what they're going to try to do this week. But uh, yeah, if the Niners just or if the Bears just copy the Niners' game plan, they can certainly get Montgomery and those guys going. Unfortunately, there's definitely some differences in the style of play calling in the offenses. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe I'm not sure that the that even with the extra extra week or extra day of preparation, this game being on Monday night, that we'll be able to install a whole outside zone package. So unless yes. Joey, you, you maybe have a different opinion about that. <laughs> I mean, I got some things drawn up here on the whiteboard right next to me, but my whole idea is just try and exploit Leonard Floyd all you possibly can. Shots fired. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> I was waiting for you guys to bring it up. So <laughs> I, I wasn't going to bring do it up it. on your show, but I, I was wasn't going to do it. I was going to let it slide. Let me be like, Hey, we got Robert Quinn. You, got, <laughs> you got Leonard Floyd. Oh, Quinn's great, man. I mean, the Rams loved Quinn. He just was at the time he was the highest paid player on the Rams and he wasn't playing at, I think he was making 14 mil a year. And at the time he wasn't playing at that level. Then they trade him, I think to either Miami or Dallas. And all of a sudden he's a pro bowler and one of the top. And it's like, well, why weren't you doing that when you're here in LA? So, so we're happy for him. He's doing well. It's just so Hopefully he doesn't do well this Monday. Yeah. Also like the price for signing Jalen Ramsey and some other investments that you made over the past couple of years, you got to make decisions and, and we're, yeah. we're happy to have him for right now, Ryan, it's time to cut to the core of your analytic fears. Fill in the blank for me. The bears will win this game. If blank. Ooh, if Goff throws the ball 50 plus times, I think it's as simple as that. If, if Goff has to throw the ball 50 times, that means the defense is wreaking havoc on the rushing game. And that means the Rams defense is letting BDM do his thing. And they're, they're putting up points on the board. So if God throws 50 plus times, the, the Rams lose this game. I feel like, first of all, I got a new nickname for, for our quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Nick is, we've is we've it, gone through he's BDN. He's the fuller coaster. He's nine inch Nick. <laughs> You know, no guy has like started so few games and had so many nicknames. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, Ryan, let's get you out of here with two quick ones. The first one I have to ask you, what would you rather see? Frosty Rucker pass rush against Cameron Lee mm. or or me and you go at it on the field. I know you said you were a wide receiver, but we both put our hands in the grass. 
and we just sort of see what happens. What would you, what would you rather see? Would I rather see or would actual like other human beings and fans rather yeah, see? Yeah, like the Believe Podcast uh, Network audience. Do you think they'd rather see me and you on the field trying to get after or protect the quarterback? Would you rather see maybe Frosty Rucker and Cameron go toe-to-toe one day? I mean, outside of probably my parents and my wife, it's probably the universal answer. Frosty and Cameron would be a lot more entertaining. I, I think us would be, if, maybe if we threw like some some beer or alcohol in the mix and that, it made it a different competition to be fun. But yes. for straight pat on a pad, I think Frosty and Cameron would be a lot more fun to, to yeah, see. Yeah, we can do should, like obstacle course. Go ahead, Cameron. We should do like the good old fashioned like Oklahoma drill. You know, there you go. I was going to say that. Yeah, go pad to pad. Like, let's, you know, let's get this thing going. Yeah, let's, let's break some collarbones. Why not? Let's get out of here. <laughs> And finally, let's get you out of here on this. Uh, give us a final score. What do you think happens in week seven bears versus Rams, Ryan? Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I've talked about this week on our show too, how, if the bears, are they a fraud, you know, being five and one, but we've seen every game come down to the wire and, and you know, they haven't played necessarily the great teams. Obviously they beat a good Tampa Bay team, which was a great win for you guys. Um, and I think I answered it that, you know, good teams win football games and they're five and one for a reason because they're a pretty good football team. That being said, I just think the Rams are a better team. Granted, I had a bad game last week, but I think they're better. I think it'll be close for a while. But I think the Rams pull away in the end and I like a 24-14 as my total. But it should be, it should be a really entertaining game, I hope. Ryan Dyrude on the Believe in LA Football Podcast Network. His show is with Frosty Rucker. You can check that out. They got a ton of great content coming out. And also, real quick, do you have a Twitter handle that you could throw out to the audience real quick, Ryan? I do. Thanks, guys, for having me on. I got I to gotta end with asking you a question, too, if you don't mind. But Oh, please. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Dyrude LAFB, or we have the main account, LAFB Network. But anytime I talk to anyone in chicago from chicago has an uncle in chicago a distant grandma i always got to ask are you guys giordano's gino's or luminati's cameron go first luminati's all the way luminati's all the way uncut that seems to be the the consensus i think they're all great i'm not a chicago guy so every time i go i I enjoy them all it's the butter crust where like it's like cake yeah giordano's (laughs) and the others they go with a little bit of a thicker crust and it's amazing and awesome but something that luminati's does with that crust and they just bring it with the sausage patty on top. It's delicious. Great. That's, that's where Perfect. I roll. I love all it's those. Give me, some, give me some Portillo's Italian beef. I'm, I'm, I'm a happy camper. The Rams and Bears are going to do what they have to do. Rams 4-2 and two right now. Bears 5-1. and one. Something's got to give in week seven. This episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on the pod today. But Cameron, take us home. we got a preview pod coming up that's going to be out Friday morning. But this one is for you guys right now. So make sure you check out both preview pods this week. And make sure you check out the preview pods. Make sure you give us a like, a subscribe, tell your friends. Shout out to Grandma. Shout out to who's Eddie Pinero's groin. Shout out to all the weird, all the weird shout outs. Uh, you've been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. For Joey Christopoulos, I'm Cameron Lee. And remember to always bear down. You have been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.